0: This is Professor Allen, and welcome to The Quarter Bin. In every episode of this podcast, I will summarize, criticize, discuss, and review a single issue for my comic book collection, which I will select at random. Any book from my entire comic book collection is eligible, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for it. Was the issue worth 25 cents? Was it a bargain at 25 cents? Or was it still overpriced? Stay tuned and find out. For this 19th episode of The Quarterbin, I'm looking at Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, number 32, from Marvel Comics, cover dated August 1991. Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, number 32, had a cover price of $1.50, meaning I acquired this book at a not-too-shabby 83% discount. The story, Silver Tongue Devil, was presented by Stan Lee, written by Roy and Dan Thomas, with art by Chris Marinin and Mark McKenna. The cover shows a one-eyed dude throwing himself at Doctor Strange with a blade in one hand and just for a second what appears to be the silver surfer's board in his other hand. But I'll explain that in a second. A caption pointing right at the one-eyed dude tells me that he is... The silver dagger and there is one troubling notation in the top right cover pointing out that this is an infinity gauntlet crossover Uh uh-oh i try to avoid big multiple book crossovers when i pick items from the quarter bins so what could possibly have moved me to grab this book from the cheap stacks well in the background watching Silver Dagger attack Doctor Strange are a trio of beings, one of whom I hinted at Silver Surfer. Next to him is Adam Warlock. And next to him is the reason I bought this book. Doctor Doom. One of my rules for the quarter bins is any book with Doctor Doom on the cover gets purchased. We covered an issue of Thor that featured Doctor Doom way back in episode 4, And the database has more than a dozen issues of FF, featuring the Latverian leader, as well as the first 15 issues of Doom 2099. That series, no surprise, is one of my all-time favorite comic series. Okay, enough with the cover. The issue itself starts inside a certain brownstone on Bleecker Street. The Quake leveled every building on the block, except one mansion thanks to a fast spell. It must have been Thanos' doing. At least, that's what Adam Warlock claimed in Infinity Gauntlet number 2, now on sale. And who am I to argue with him? I'm only Dr. Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. The Doc has assembled a crew of Marvel's most mystical. The trio from the cover, along with Strange's sidekicks Pip the Troll and Rintra the Green Minotaur. Doctor Strange flashbacks to a recent fight with Clea, his main squeeze, while Doctor Doom pours himself a glass of wine and addresses his lesser's. Let New York's more pedestrian superbeings concern themselves with seismic measurements and with the obvious misery the quake has caused the masses. We have more important matters to consider such as who is best suited to lead our little crusade against Thanos of Titan. We learn that half the population of the Earth is either missing or dead in this point of the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Despite Dr. Doom's obvious qualifications, the leadership seems to fall to Strange. I guess I am a Sorcerer Supreme. Doom relents before disappearing from the rest of the issue. If that is settled, may I finish my drink in peace? But despite the obvious potential problems that the serious lack of doom pretends for this issue, the die is cast, and we must soldier on. The Infinity Gauntlet portion of the plot is done, and now we move into the Doctor Strange portion of the issue. Rintra takes a walk to seek out Clea, and is joined by Pip, they run across a crazy preacher dude in the park, and a little spell allows them to slip into the crowd unnoticed. The speaker is going on and on about the evil of sorcerers and magicians in their midst, including the most infamous of whom lives and works his unholy wonders near this very park. His name is Doctor Strange. The speaker is the guy from the cover, with an awesome white mustache and a pretty sweet eye patch. Rintra recognizes the man. He is a criminal and a liar named Isaiah Kerwin, also known as Silver Dagger. Pip warns him not to rile up the fella. In case he didn't notice, those ain't BB guns his entourage is sporting. Unfortunately, the glamour wears off and their mystical forms are revealed. Silver Dagger revs up the crowd to a fever pitch, lifts his eye patch, and shoots a power beam right into the Minotaur at which point Dr. Strange de-levitates himself in front of Silver Dagger. It turns out the pair have a bit of history, stretching back to earlier issues of this title and to the second volume of Strange Tales. The gist of it is that Dagger's magic eye is in fact the eye of Agamotto, which really confuses the Minotaur because that important magical artifact is supposed to be in an amulet around Dr. Strange's neck. It turns out that Strange's amulet contains Eye of Agamotto Deluxe Edition 2.0, while Silver Dagger has the vintage 1.0 model. The pair then shoot their magic beams at each other for a few pages, and Dagger also throws his namesake Silver Dagger at Strange. This could just be it, Strange thought Bubbles. If I switch even an iota of concentration from our battle of eyes to deal with the hurling dagger, and yet if I don't, but then the dagger shatters mid-flight, by the moons of Munipur! His savior is, of course, his main squeeze, Clea! But neutralizing the dagger took a lot out of her, so the battle is still mano a mano. You've got to beat him, Stephen, she encourages. Now more than ever, the earth needs you! I need you. I can handle it from here, he assures her. Silver Dagger disagrees with this assessment. Can you? Can you overcome the hatred within me, both for you and the perverse sorcery you represent? The platform upon which they are battling begins to collapse. Don't worry, Strange tells Dagger. I won't let you drop. I don't want help, he answers. I just want my eye and your death. But as he rages, Silver Dagger's own silver rays are turned into a cage, enclosing him. But this mysticism is not Doctor Strange's doing. It's that crazy little centipede monster himself, Agamotto. I was wondering when you decide to show up, Strange rebukes him. Now, now, Doc, a little respect for your elders, please. He reveals that he was, in fact, testing Isaiah Kirwin when he allowed him to stumble over an early version of the eye. But he failed the test by using the power to attack magicians and other magical objects. Alas, you live down to my expectations. Now you'll come back with me. He's all yours, Agamato, Strange says, as the pair poof away. Then he finds Clea, and they make up getting all smoochy with each other. And then we round ourselves back to the Infinity Gauntlet storyline with Pip and Rintra acting as our Greek chorus. Ain't love grand? Half the universe bought the farm, and those two are playing Kissy Face. Doctor Strange knows full well there must soon be a deadly reckoning with Thanos. Can we blame him if just for a fleeting moment here within this mystic dome he needs desperately to forget that fact? dawn of an age. The founding of a family. You know we haven't done enough research into the effects of cosmic rays. We've got to take that chance! Conditions are right tonight. Let's go! They're penetrating the ship! Our shielding isn't strong enough! I feel like I'm burning up! Too heavy! Can't move! Too heavy! We're all alive! I feel so strange! You're fading away! I can't see you at all anymore! Look what happened to you. You are changing. Oh, Reed, not you too. What happened to me? To all of us? I can fly. We gotta use that power to help mankind, right? And so was born the Fantastic Four. For soon the mole man will have the entire world in his power. I am the mightiest living mortal on Earth. And now mankind shall feel that might. The Fantastic Four. Little dreams. they dream there but palms in a hand. Human Torch will be the puppet master's next victim. You earthlings can't change the way I can. That means I'm the most powerful person on earth. I've been expecting you, for I am the thinker. I vow never to return, my lord, until the fantastic four are no more and the planet Earth is no more. You're in the presence of the awesome Ravatant, King of Kings, Master of Men, and Lord of the Seven Sons. You're just a muscular freak. Blind or halt. Stop. You must not enter the castle of Diablo. My, My journey has ended. This planet shall sustain and deliberately drained of all elemental life. So, be Galactus. Flame on! It's clobbering time! The Fantastic Four from the very beginning witnessed the origins of a legend. The Fantasticast. FFCast.Lipsyn. And we're back. First things first, there was a brief backup story in this issue, part two of A Gathering of Fear, part of the backup series, The Book of Vishanti. This was written by Roy Thomas and Jean-Marc Lafossier, with art by Larry Alexander and Tim Zahn. Six of the seven Fear Lords are having a Fear Lord meeting in the Hall of Fear, called by the Dweller in the Dark. Others attending include Despair, Nightmare, and a dark-clad woman named Nox. She tells stories of her time as a Fear Lord, and we're given clips of Thor and Hercules beating people up, the Fantastic Four taking down the Psycho Man and Man-Thing. Despair tells of his experiences with the Muck Monster, which also involved him being defeated by Spider-Man. Sounds like Part 1 included similar tales of these beings' failures against a range of heroes. Nightmare points an accusing finger at their host, asking why he has remained silent for these two issues. The Dweller in the Dark answers, I have failed only in tactics, Nightmare, never in my broader strategy. And that, my fellow Fear Lords, is precisely why you were summoned here, and we're promised that next issue he will reveal his master plot. So I'm not totally sure what's happening here in the backup story, but the the setup sounds interesting, and I kind of like villain team ups. As evidence, I once owned all 15 issues of the 1970s volume of Secret Society of Supervillains. But back to the main course. Like I said, I bought this book because it featured Dr. Doom on the cover. And when I flipped through it prior to reading it and saw that he disappeared after page 5, I was worried. I've mentioned that in 1991, I was in the process of winding down my comic book collecting. The only Marvel book I was actively reading as it came out at this time was Iron Man, and I don't remember much crossover between that book and the Infinity Gauntlet. This was in the days before a crossover event had to run through every single issue company-wide. But I was pleasantly surprised with this story. My experience with Doctor Strange is as a supporting character at most. Part of the greater Marvel U, sure, but not someone whose stories I've ever specifically sought out or even stumbled upon very often. When I learned from Mike's Amazing World that this title went 90 issues... I admit, I was surprised. The good doctor is just generally not on my comics radar. Magic characters are tricky, but Marvel has always done a good job of tying magic and technology in sort of a science-fictional sort of way. The presence of Silver Surfer and Doctor Doom in this issue speaks to that mix of cosmic and magical and scientific. On Doom in particular, of course, I'll focus there. The mixture of scientific genius and gypsy magic was part of his character from the first telling of his origin way back in FF Annual No. 2. For a very long-winded discussion of FF Annual Number no. 2, The Origin of Doctor Doom, I recommend episode 34 of the Fantasticast, on which I was a guest. Like I was saying, I just think that Marvel has integrated these characteristics of science and magic, which could be treated as opposites, as enemies of each other, in a really skillful way. Uh, This is the way to tell a small part of a larger story. The 17-page story definitely has a beginning, middle, and an end, while also reflecting on the events of the crossover and ever so mildly pushing them forward. The structure is that of a frame story, but I really didn't notice that until examining it closely for this review. We have four or five pages of discussion about the events of Infinity Gauntlet, this summit meeting of mystical characters. I may not have mentioned this on the podcast before, but Silver Surfer is also pretty high on my list of favorite characters, and so this meeting had some major juice as far as I'm concerned. And then we end with Pip and Rin bringing us back to the meat of the story, admitting that this tale was just a brief fleeting moment where there's a bigger picture of a world where half the population has been wiped out or has been disappeared or something. But in the middle, we get 12 pages of real story containing what seemed to me as a Doctor Strange novice to be important stuff. I'm familiar with the concept of the Eye of Agamotto. Again, just from general knowledge of the Marvel U... And I knew it was a major mystical artifact. So when the Eye itself showed up in a story, and then Agamotto himself appeared, that seemed to me to be a big deal. Now maybe I'm totally overstating that importance. And Agamotto and the Eye are regular parts of these Doctor Strange stories. But again, I was surprised to see them here. The eye versus eye battle itself was a bit cheesy, I'll admit that. It's just that I've seen this imagery before, it was standard energy blast versus energy blast, laser gun versus laser gun, uh, power ring versus power ring, but it was technically well done, the storytelling and the art flowed well from panel to panel, and I was never confused as to who was doing what in the fight. And the role of Clea was handled well, I thought, we got some foreshadowing earlier in the story that paid off later by her appearance at the end of the story, and that's what we call good writing. I think my one criticism of the story is that Doctor Strange does not defeat Silver Dagger. Agamotto shows up and defeats Silver Dagger. There's no evidence that Doctor Strange would have won the Eye versus Eye battle. It seemed to be sort of a 50-50 draw just from what I could tell of how their eye beams were pushing against each other. So the fact that we had a deus ex machina ending is a bit of a letdown, but again, overall, I really enjoyed the story. So the verdict on Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme number 32, pretty good, especially taking into account my expectations for the issue, given the awesome guest characters who don't do a whole lot. But a plot revolving around the eye of Agamotto and the presence of Agamotto himself, again made the story seem important. And maybe the best way I can put it is this: I came to this issue cold, no knowledge of specific prior events, either in this title or in the Infinity Gauntlet crossover, and yet I was never lost. I was never confused as to what was happening, and I was entertained from start to finish. A definite quarter bin deal. Well, that wraps up my coverage of Dr. Strange, Sorcerer Supreme number 32, bringing episode 19 of The Quarter Bin to a close. In episode 20, I'll be joined for the first time ever in The Quarter Bin by a guest host and the book that he picked from the Cheapy Book Database, is Wonder Woman number 10, cover dated November 1987. If you have any questions or comments about this issue or the episode, feel free to contact me. Until next episode, I'm Professor Allen, and I'll see you in the quarter bin. Borderbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky family of podcasts. Show notes and links are available at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com, where the podcasts Uncovering the Bronze Age and Shortbox Showcase also make their home. Links to Facebook and Twitter are there as well. Feedback for the show is welcome at geeky at gmail.com. And if you like what we've got going here, please leave a review and a rating in iTunes. It'll help more people discover the show. Thanks again for listening.